Peter R. Bregan, M.D., is called the conscience of psychiatry for his many decades of successful reform efforts. His scientific and educational work provide the foundation for modern criticism of drugs and ECT and lead the way in promoting more caring and effective therapies. His books include Talking Back to Prozac, Toxic Psychiatry, Medication Madness, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, and now Guilt, Shame, and Anxiety, Understanding and Overcoming Negative Emotions. Welcome to the Dr. Peter Bregan Hour. Well, hello, my wonderful audience. Uh, today's a very special day for me. You're looking at Li Ming Yan. She's just a wonderful, heroic, inspiring. Uh, there aren't enough words to describe the bravery of this woman. She's a physician, she's a PhD. She fled China from the viral lab that she was working in in Hong Kong to come to America, to come to our country to warn us about the threat from China. Would you do that if you were Chinese? Would I do that if I were Chinese? I cannot imagine the courage, the determination, the belief in truth that it took for you to do that. And um, Dr. Yan has had to be literally in flight from the Chinese her entire time in America. We have been in touch and is often from a different place as uh, the people who work with her make sure she is safe from pursuit by the Chinese who are notorious for not treating uh, people who leave the country to tell the truth, not treating them well. And uh, so I thought I would begin, uh, and I asked Dr. Yan's permission, uh, with a statement about this, which is, it's too late to harm Dr. Yan. She's already a symbol of freedom in America. You are already loved by untold numbers of Americans who deeply admire what you've done. You've been on Tucker Carlson. Steve Bannon's War Room has uh, had you on on many, many occasions. Uh, you are in our book. Uh, and... My and Ginger's book, we learned about you very early from three papers you published here in America that we're going to be uh, talking about. Um, you just came back from a one-day visit, a very cautious, careful, hurried visit to speak at the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. There you met uh, Ginger and I did not travel. But there you met many of our friends and you made new friends and you met people who admired you. And I understand, is it true? You had a standing ovation. You were presented unannounced and had a standing ovation. They didn't want to alert any anyone who could harm you that you were there and you hadn't standing ovation when you finished. And so. Uh, folks. This woman's now established as an American hero. Harm her, and I think the movement will just burgeon around you. It'll grow around you. Um, you your, your heroism is enormous. And um, 
In our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, I, I mentioned you numerous times, and I, I was just reading through the, the book, which is, is finished now. It's a copy on the way to you, and it's up on Amazon, and people can get it on Amazon. But if you're in the U.S. and Canada, you can get it more cheaply uh, by going directly to us with uh, wearethepray.com. Wearethepray.com, you can get the book. So, be safe, be safe. And uh, we are just so proud to know you, Ginger and I. How was the conference? Thank you, Peter, and thank you, Ginger. And uh, it's my honor to be invited in your show. And thank you for letting people know the stories in your book. And I know that there will be a lot of people who will be very, very exciting to wait for your books. So. Uh, the conference is amazing. It is really a great conference because there are so many brave and lovely doctors. Mm -hmm. And they come from uh, different states in, all over America. And there are all the senior physicians and the surgeons who had a very extensive uh, experience in their uh, special uh, professional fields. And they sit there, they also the people who really care about their patients. That's why there were two panel discussions, uh, plus the speeches, uh, focused on the COVID-19 early treatment, the problem in the vaccine, and even the origin of the SARS-CoV-2. And I was uh, invited into these two panel and also gave my uh, speech there. So um, it is a wonderful opportunity for me to talk to those doctors, as some I know already, some is the first time I met them, and face to face, and we have very good conversations there, and we can do more things in the future because we already have the good connections now. Well, that, that's just absolutely wonderful. And again, folks, it's the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. <clears throat> it is the one medical group that has been standing up on the necessity of early treatment, on the uh, great effectiveness and safety of early treatment using medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in combination with lots of other drugs. And um, I'm just really, I'm a member of the association. And, you know, I never even heard of that group before I became uh, involved in COVID-19. and. Uh, um, and I have all these new friends. And it's a, a lesson on every level. If you start to fight for America's freedom, if you stand up as a, an individual on any level, not just to fight COVID-19, but to stand up for America, because we are horribly under siege right now, you will no longer feel alone because there are so many wonderful people on a grassroots level. You're not going to see them on CNN. You're not going to hear about them in the New York Times uh, or the Washington Post or even probably the Wall Street Journal. Um, but there are, it's half the country and you'll be you'll be getting to know folks who really believe in America and the American dream and really want to stand up for the principles that I knew as a child, that I was taught in school as a child, and that we need to revive here. Um, do you have a sense of participating in the defense or the liberation of America? Uh, Dr. Yan, do you have that sense of your place in American history, not just medical history? Uh, actually, uh 
I didn't think much about my role because, to be honest, from the beginning, I just felt that China can hunt me at any time. So I need to uh, do the best that to deliver the message as much as possible and as soon as possible. And I didn't even think about too long after that. Uh, I remember once the FBI agent, when they come to talk to me uh, with the scientist, after that, they asked me what's my future plan uh, like in the next five years. And it was end of last year, I already published the two yen reports. And it is the first time I uh, think I need to uh, think about this question. And I told them I didn't think about it before because um, I I don't know how long uh, I have because China can, I mean, it's a big country. It can uh, despair me at any time, especially when I do more and more things, release more and more evidence uh, in the reports, in the media, uh, they are more and more angry because they are nervous. It's like the killer knows they are reported by witness, right? So they will do something very aggressive. And yes, they were doing those kind of aggressive um, ways to, uh, uh, you know, uh, chase me or smear me, attack me, all these things. It, it's a real danger I face too. So I have no time to think about uh, my petition or my role, but I'm always uh, very happy to say that when people listen to my evidence and when we talk, it's like in the conference or in the media, and then they realize, yes, this is not conspiracy. And this is some person who come from China, from the WHO, the best lab, and worked with the top, the coronavirus in the world and who knows the things behind and can provide you the evidence and the understanding of the Chinese Communist Party and the corrupted scientific community. And when they see the evidence, they have the interest and motive to read more. And they keep looking uh, for the uh, more uh, details. And so one day they will finally reach the bottom of these things. I, that's, that's what I want to do to help people understand what happening and why it happened and how could we go, uh, work together to defend it, to prevent the next thing, to solve this uh, disaster. That's how uh, I'm focusing on. And of course now, um, because uh, I feel um, more and more, uh, how to say, uh, satisfied in this environment because uh, I'm lucky and uh, I know that China become weaker and weaker now. I can see that. Uh, so, and also I feel more and more uh, support from people like you, doctor, and also other doctors and other people in the uh, uh, like intelligence uh, field or the uh, maybe the government related or formal government um, staffs or the other patches in America and also from China, from other countries. So I'm. Uh, I think I will keep fighting, of course, and I want to work with more scientists and doctors, not only to tell people uh, what has happened. We also need to look for the secrets in the SARS-CoV-2 virus, what they have done inside, and why there are so many uh, hunger uh, patients, so many serious consequences come out from the vaccine related to the spike protein, and also how to prevent the next similar um, pandemic come out from China or from other countries 
that's the thing I'm focusing on. And also, I want to uh, help the uh, policy makers to understand uh, the real uh, theory and evidence behind it because they need to understand that and then to uh, provide a better policy to help America. Let me, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's pouring rain here, folks, and uh, Ginger and I are having our full allergies. So <clears throat> my health is very, very good, but I'm, uh, I will have a little coughing occasionally, perhaps today especially. Um, let me take the uh, our audience through some of the things that you began saying right away in your writing and, and uh, in your many appearances. You made many TV appearances before you even got to America. And um, <clears throat> all of them are very important. You knew early on that this was a military weapon. And in one of your papers, uh, I think for the first time, I heard the phrase unrestricted. Bioweapon or unrestricted warfare. I didn't know there was a book that had been written about it by two Chinese military officers. I didn't know that historians <clears throat> knew about it. One of my friends who's a historian was actually teaching about unrestricted warfare. Um, so perhaps you could address those those two issues uh, that you let's start with right away. You knew that this was a military weapon and that uh, uh, if it wasn't from the Wuhan Institute, it was from a military, another military institute, I think was what you were talking about. Can, can you talk, speak to that please, doctor? Sure, uh, it, uh, actually this virus is from Wuhan, from some virology lab in Wuhan. And those labs, there are several labs uh, in Wuhan working on the virus, including the Biosafety 3 and Biosafety 4 belong to a different kind of uh, institute, but they are all the military civil fusion uh, laboratories. So, so there are two, there are several of, of these different labs. Yeah. Some of the, the, there's the, there's the top lab, which is Wuhan, but there are labs that are almost as secure as that, others. Uh, so they have different names, which I will uh, explain in my next report, because it's almost like the, you know, China tried to use the different titles to blur your understanding of these situations, uh, of these <clears throat> labs or the organizations. So they will tell you this is Wuhan uh, P4 lab be belong to uh, Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology. And then they will tell you there is a P3 lab in the Wuhan University. And you will check some document. You will see the China Academy of Science has some lab there. And you will see Wuhan CDC has some lab there. So you mm -hmm. do not feel confused which lab is which lab. And China will tell you, see, you make some mistake. This is not that. That is not this. And you will they, they use this way to, you know, discredit me, uh, discredit you. And also, mm -hmm. They, they want to make you confused and make the audience lose the patience to understand what happened. But if you understand such important lab in China, actually all under the direct ruling by the Chinese Communist Party. And also in China, military the uh, level is higher than the civilians level. 
So in China, when the military want to do something to use uh, uh, civilian power, then it is very easy. Basically, you, I always tell people that it's like you can image in America, these are like neighborhood. You are the civil lab and your neighbor is military lab. If you want to collaborate, you need to sign the agreement, make it very formal uh, collaboration, right? But in China, it is like in a house and the mom is the CCP and the big brother is military and the younger sister is a civil. So <laughs> mom said, younger sister, you need to help your brother. Or the brother come to the younger sister said, I need your help. So the younger sister will be happy because the brother is much stronger and uh, what else she can do. Right? <laughs> yeah, so that's a very clear analogy. And that's what's called the military civil fusion. Yeah. And we've, we, once I learned about that, I mean, we, I found papers written by our, our own uh, uh, State Department and other groups that's, that, that so recognizes folks that uh, the that the military, which means actually the Chinese Communist Party, uh, runs China, and nobody does anything that's not tied into the military and hence into the Chinese Communist Party. Is that a fair way of saying it? Uh, so the the military actually is the military protect the party. Yes. Protects yeah, the party, so yes. It belongs to the party, it protects party, it works for the party, not for the people. Although they try to cheat you. And the military actually, they are always, I mean, everywhere in our life. For example, in the academic field, when we say the uh, China Academy of Science, there are a lot of membership and even top membership. They are the generals or senior military scientists. And also, uh, for example, when the China CDC, the director, George Fugao. So that's the Chinese CDC, folks. Yeah, Chinese Dr. Gao. Yes. The, the director. That guy, when he uh, you know, uh, is, uh, conducted a multi-center that national wild uh, project in 2010, uh, it is a five-year plan to search the novel zoonotic virus all over China. I mean, the labs join him, including the military and also the civil parts. So they all mixed together, they collaborate together. Military scientists will go to become the, uh, no matter visiting professor or part-time professors in the civil labs. And the Civil people, of course, they are happy to get such collaboration because more money and the power resource come out from the military if they work together. And also the most important thing is these military scientists or military civil fusion scientists, they were sent to America or other countries and they stay in your lab, even your national lab or your military labs. Yes. Grab your technology and try to get the ground from America, bring it to China using your taxpayers' money, and also get infiltrated and manipulate the network inside America and other countries. And they are using the weakness of human. They study that and then use it to grab the opportunities to control people 
And that's why after over 20 years, it becomes a huge network. I mean, based in China, but all over the world, I will tell people it's like the giant octopus uh, tentacle. Yes. So the tentacle all over the world and the brain is in China, the military scientists and their partners. And the money, the money, I mean, from no matter US taxpayers or from the big guys like uh, Soros money or Bill Gates money, once they go to China, it's like you are feeding the giant that October's. It is. The, yes, the octopus is, a, is an ama amazing metaphor. <clears throat> Let me make a connection or two that uh, might be helpful. And um, Dr. Yan is talking about uh, a, a Chinese scientist named um, uh, Gao. G-A-O is how we spell it in yeah. America, right? Yeah. And to give you an idea, and he's the head of the Chinese CDC. And he is so intimate with the global predators in America, it is beyond belief. When um, the uh, U.S. has a big meeting, when they would have big meetings starting in 2010, um, and they would uh, they would start talking about the danger of the pandemics, it goes back that far. Uh, and then when Bill Gates began to develop uh, his plan, which is uh, the uh, his business plan, literally, for the coming pandemic, and he got all kinds of people involved, he was working with Gao, the, the head of the Chinese CDC. And um, when Johns Hopkins would hold meetings and play war games with the, uh, the viruses and even with the coronaviruses, again, there would be the head of the Chinese CDC. So from the beginning, America has been seduced or corrupted into a position where they felt they wanted to share everything they knew with the Chinese communists about building bioweapons and defending against bioweapons. It is such a testimonial to the power you've been describing of the Chinese infiltration, this octopus into America. Um, and <clears throat> maybe now talk about... Um, the, the, this warfare concept, uh, we've established that that in China there's this uh, military-civil uh, fusion, and now there's this other concept, which is very hard for Americans to grasp. Uh, when you look at how our generals behave today, uh, uh, placating China, uh, they don't grasp that China is devoted, has been at war with America for decades, even though we're not at war with them, and that they have this concept of unrestricted warfare. When did you first learn that? Because I learned it from you initially, or at least I heard it first and started asking, what is that? <laughs> this, when did you first learn about unrestricted warfare? Uh, actually, I I, uh, I talk about the unrestricted bio uh, warfare is what I raised, and I heard about the unrestricted warfare before, but I didn't focus on that because, you know, I, uh, I'm i scientist, I usually focus on my work. And mm -hmm. when I say the uh, SARS-CoV-2, and when I write it to let people understand the nature of it, 
uh, by my study, I say that it doesn't fit the traditional the standard uh, definition of bioweapon. And also, it works like bioweapon, and it makes damages even more, uh, I mean, even worse, much worse than the bioweapon, traditional bioweapon. But, I mean, if, um, if you just want to use the definition of bioweapon to uh, hold China accountable, I realize that China actually had their plan to get escape because they will talk to you about the conception and then uh, the concept is different. And also they studied, they, they really studied for over 20 years. They have their theory that how to uh, take the advantage of the problems in the bioweapon convention and also in the bioterrorism, those uh, definition of uh, surveillance systems. So this is something they call this contemporary, uh, novel and non-traditional, uh, this type of bioweapon. So I define it as unrestricted because I want to let people know that when they develop such novel bioweapon, it is beyond the traditional bioweapon. It is more uh, hidden and uh, it looks like nature come, come from nature. But when you try to uh, reveal it, uh, they will use misinformation as another arm to uh, help to cover it up. Without the misinformation, uh, actually it is much easier for us to identify this is from the lab. And also during the development, there is no limitation of the bottom line, no consideration of humanity. Usually if you check the bioweapon uh, concept, it talks about this kind of reagent used in the war and for military purpose, and for the big scale skating. But here you see this SARS-CoV-2 come out in a peaceful time, and it can be used in the peaceful time to target the population, whatever military or uh, common people they want. It's also mentioned in the People's Liberations uh, Army's document when they studied that. And they also studied about terrorism uh, related laws they realized that coronavirus is not on the list of any bioterrorism reagent list in any country, including America, Russia, and Europe. So that's why it means, I also talked to uh, some people who gave me feedback from the some uh, biodefense system in America. They actually also said their, fun uh, their system worked, but coronavirus because it's not on the list. So they cannot do the surveillance and response against it as bioterrorism. So this is a problem we are facing too. So that's why I want people to know, combine all this character, this is unrestricted bioweapon and you need to treat it even more serious than bioweapon. And you have to fix the problems in the house and you have to make the new policy to fight against it because China is killing your time and China is killing your lives and they are celebrating the trophy and they say you have no idea about it. So if you give them more opportunity, they have more things in their arsenal. You think that China looks at uh, the results of the coronavirus <clears throat> 
pandemic as a triumph, a military triumph, that they've come out ahead, that when they weigh things, they're doing better economically, they're doing better militarily, uh, they're stronger, we're weaker. Do you think that that's uh, how they're viewing this as a success? They already did the anti-trophy exhibition. Uh, if you remember, uh, remember, Peter, that the WHO original team go to China uh, early this year. Yes. Spend only two hours in the BSL uh, four-level uh, lab in Wuhan, which is even not enough for them to change the clothes, go in to do any check. But <laughs> they spend almost whole day in the anti-COVID-19 trophy exhibition in Wuhan. And Peter Dasha came out tell the journalists that, oh, it's amazing. They have done a lot of things. We need to learn from them. That's the propaganda. That is to tell, first thing is to brainwash people that say we China can be so great in the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, compare to US. US is weak and US is corrupted and US is dark like this to destroy your face to the freedom in the U.S. and also to your uh, democratic, all this kind of social disorder, uh, social orders. That's Chinese propaganda's function. And also in this pandemic, also initially, I mean, in China, this is because of reckless uh, trial in the neighborhood in Wuhan and get out of control. So China also suffered it. And because it spread so fast, so Chinese people also suffered it, but China spread it successfully all over the world. And by using the misinformation, they successfully prevent the early treatment and drugs for prophylaxis. And they help to promote the vaccine, which cannot help to so solve this problem and even would cause more problems, which I also talked in the AAPS meeting. Okay. And in this case, China also uh, is happy because China stayed there. They know there is a big difference between the economy and also uh, like the military powers between America and the US uh, and, and China, sorry. But when they release this and America get into a chaos and your military cannot work, your economic going down and your people get totally, I mean, annoyed about all these things. So they actually um, uh, limit, I mean, reduce the distance between China and America. That's their tricks. And they will definitely, I mean, sit on their experience. And I can tell you that I have the document I obtained recently in China, the next five years national plan from 2021 to 2025, the government clearly mentioned that they are going to grab the opportunities from the COVID-19 crisis, and they need to uh, improve uh, their, you know, uh, all this kind of performance, and they will use the um, prevention and the control of the emerging infectious disease to achieve their world domination. So that, wow. that's their ambition. They want to do it by 2035, before the pandemic. Now they even feel they can make it earlier. That is amazing. And it fits so much with what Bill Gates and the 
Klaus Schwab and the World Health Organization and uh, so many others are talking about, which is uh, that we have to change the world and have a, <clears throat> a new kind of world governance in order to defend against the, uh, the viruses. And uh, they were saying that for dec a decade before we, we had the outbreak, um, it's astonishing the way uh, people raised in America who have become billionaires and corp giant corporations that were originated in America are all kind of going along with the Chinese concept that COVID-19 proves we need more totalitarian government. We have to be more like China. It's so amazing that that, that has happened. But that's what the, the communists have been aiming at. They're moving us to be more like them. Uh, actually, Peter, I really want to say that those people stay in America, uh, if they are not communist members, they may not quite understand communism. They thought they use money and then they can I mean, help this kind of uh, pandemic to get what they want, right? Uh, I want yeah. to emphasize one thing is CCP definitely has the core secret with themselves because Chinese Communist Party they never trust the foreigners. They use foreigners as tools. Uh, no matter the money mm -hmm. from the, uh, these people or the technology, you, you see China start to even bite Ralph Barrick and Peter Daszak now, right? Because yeah. they want to uh, blame America for the origin of the COVID. Although Ralph Barrick and Peter Daszak are the running dog for CCP, but CCP still bite them. I oh, I want to slow down and let make sure people understood that that Ralph Barrick, who is the the head at uh, oh, I thought this was off. Hang on a second. That um, Ralph Barrick at uh, North Carolina, the, at in North Carolina, who did the collaborative studies with China. You're calling him a running dog of the Chinese communists. I think so too. And then Peter Daszak. Uh, from Echo Health, who would funding money, just to let people know, he's funding money from Fauci to China. That's and uh, Peter Dayzak, another running dog of the Chinese communists, and uh, and they actually used these people that they invited uh, Peter Dayzak, the Chinese communist, to come to China to evaluate the Chinese communist program to prove that the virus didn't come out of China when Dayzak was using Fauci's money to support the development of SARS-CoV in the Chinese labs. I think you all can follow that. It's such a crazy situation um, that it is, it's a very hard, a hard thing to grasp. Uh, uh, I mean, Ginger and I never expected that when we started looking at COVID-19, we were going to end up in China um, and that we were going to end up then then seeing how much of the UN China controlled, how much of the World Health Organization it controls. Um, you actually pointed me in the direction of looking back at the leadership of the World Health Organization because the leader for many years before Tedros was a Chinese-Canadian woman who was uh, very besmirched in many ways and the way she also protected China. And you, I think you were the first person that mentioned that to me. Uh, actually, as I said, China used these people, right? No matter Peter Daszak or Ralph Barrick. And uh, also WHO, China used it. 
I'm the first one tell the world that WHO corrupted in the pandemic with China because I work in the WHO H5 reference lab in the University of Hong Kong. And since my in, uh, the confidential investigation on behalf of that WHO lab back to even 31st December 2019, I'm one of the first scientists in the world can get uh, in touch with the first-hand information and also with the knowledge about the COVID-19 in the world. So all these things I obtained through my uh, network, I can tell that China used their um, special way, I mean, going through the weakness of the humanity to grab um, and control, manipulate the WHO and also other similar uh, international organizations. And why WHO is so important in this case, let me tell you one thing. In 2005, the Bioweapon Convention conference held in Geneva. In that conference, they said they need to point WHO as a surveillance organization for the bioweapon. So the other countries, if they see uh, this kind of bioweapon study happen, they would report to WHO. And WHO will report it if they make the decision and they verified it, they will report it to United Nations. And the United Nations will make the decision. And after that, just one year later, China successfully promoted the Hong Kong doctor, Margaret Chen, become the general secretary in WHO. And she stayed there from 2006 to 2017. And she came to my lab when I was there, uh, openly appreciate the help from Chinese Communist Party and also my previous supervisor, the top coronavirus uh, expert, Malik Paris, for their support in the WHO. And later, Dr. Tadros, as you know, also quite friendly with Margaret Chen and also China. And of course, China controlled, I mean, manipulated the things in UN. So see, China manipulates the WHO, which is a surveillance organization, and then manipulate UN, which will be the uh, supposed to be the place for the justice for bioweapon or bioweapon-like actions. And also China clearly mentioned in their biosecurity theory from the PLA that even UN made the decision that some country is doing that and we should punish it. But even until now, there is no solution because there is no agreement from countries to tell what they really need to do when they face to such problem. So China actually going around, spent so many years using their money and their national power to hold all these communities in their hand. And that's why now we're in such a huge misinformation campaign and face to so many hilarious policies and cannot solve the pandemic. Well, this is this is amazing, folks. You're hearing, uh, I think, information that many of us have not heard before, including me. <clears throat> and I want to kind of go back over it and make sure I grasp it. So the the first decision to make who the surveillance organization and who, folks, is the UN? They're an agency of the UN, 
and um, was that was 2005? Did you say? Yeah, 2005. 2005. In the conference, China wants the UN and the World Health Organization to be the surveillance agency because unlike the United States, their main, uh, uh, you know, the great power that they have to be afraid of, the only nation they have to be afraid of, the U.S., uh, isn't going to do this kind of manipulation. They know they can take over and control the World Health Organization. And so they immediately have installed, shortly after, uh, the the uh, Chinese Canadian woman who is very very close to uh, China, and through her they they gain this collaborative relationship, and you meet her in your own lab, and she is uh, talking about how happy she is to be in such close collaboration with China. So China now knows that if they release a uh, a bio weapon as an unrestricted warfare, if they release it uh, uh, without a declaration of war, knowing that it's going to do more harm to the Western countries and sending all the airplanes to the U.S. filled with people who, who are, have been exposed, they know that they can trust the World Health Organization to uh, do their bidding. And of course, Tedros, who replaces the Chinese lady, uh, the Chinese doctor, He's not even a doctor. He's really a kind of a criminal type of politician. He's a communist from, uh, I forget, Ethiopia? I forget where he's from, one of the... Yeah, uh, I'm from Ethiopia, he's from. Yeah, and uh, and he's under the control of the Chinese as well. And, and all you have to do, I mean, you can Google Tedros and just find out how many people around the world were talking about what a criminal he was when he was uh, made the uh, head. And then to, to take you to... Uh, into what our book is looking at, you have Bill Gates then making a formal agreement, a memorandum of understanding through his CEPI organization, CEPI, with the World Health Organization, in which Bill Gates says, I will control the development of the vaccines in the coming pandemic. I'll control the uh, developing the equivalent of uh, of uh, the Operation Warp Speed. I'll work with uh, Klaus Schwab, and we'll do the all these uh, government fusions, <laughs> the uh, the uh, government government capital fusions, um, and we'll work with who. And Bill Gates says to who, and you can be in charge of setting all the medical standards. They make an agreement. Bill Gates says, in effect, I'll I'll take care of the corporations of the world, I'm working with all of them, we'll take care of how to divvy up the prod, uh, the, the profits, actually says this in, that he'll divvy up the profits of the companies, that the companies won't have any expenses, all that'll be paid for by the governments. This is in 2016 and 17 that he's setting all this up, and in 2017 he's discussing it with, uh, in his memorandum with, which we, we have pieces of his discussion in the book, actually photographed uh, of his presentation to who, and that who will be the scientific arbiter. And that ties everything up. I mean, through that very simple set of relationships, plus all the other things going on on the outside, there's a, a core there of how China will be able to get away with what they did. It's just amazing.
And it's clearer today to me than ever before because you've given me some of that new information. This is, uh, Dr. Yen, this is amazing. It's amazing. Um, there's something I wanted to, to ask you about, and it keeps eluding me. There's so much going on in my mind listening to you. Um, oh, I know what, what it is. You talked earlier about the virus, <clears throat> you know, being released. Do you uh, do you think that the that that the initial release was by accident and then used, or do you think the initial release was intentional and and used all along? Ah, uh, hi Peter. Actually, there are a lot of details we can. I mean, talk later. I mean, when we just talk about no matter WHO or the world. Other China try to uh, interpret it. So all these things, there are a lot of evidence. I just mentioned a little bit that I obtained uh, recently. Yeah. But talk about uh, how it comes. So people focus on that it's a lab accident. There may be animal come out, or there may be some uh, other, uh, you know, the uh, practice and uh, with uh, careless, uh, this kind of attitude, all these things. No. Let me tell you, that's because you don't know China, you don't know CCP, you don't know their, I mean, evilness and their theory. So this virus, I always tell people from the beginning, it was intentionally released out of the lab. And why I say that, it's because I worked in the BSL three level lab. I can tell you that if there is only an accident happened in the BL. Uh, BSL-3 lab, and there is enough chance for the government and for the university to fund it, and they will restrain it. And this won't be an outbreak because all this kind of lab, they know how dangerous the things they are working on. Yes, such accident happened in such time uh, 15 years ago, not only in China, also Singapore and other places. There's six or seven releases, they contained every single one. Yes, that's a that's a thing. That's a point. They can contain it because they will never let it bring the trouble to themselves, right? And also, uh, I want to tell people that my evidence, I mean, intelligence, come out from Wuhan, from China CDC, and I can tell you that Wuhan uh, Virus Institute, the P uh, BSL three lab, BSL four lab, they still keep work functionally even until January 2020, when people start to look at them. They work very well. There was no accident happened, and there was no panics happened in the institute for any such uh, accident. But China just tried to downplay their roles in this outbreak. And one I said is intentionally bring out, but I don't tell people, I never tell people this is intentionally launched the outbreak in Wuhan because there is a difference. According to People's Liberation Army's document published in 2015, the bioweapon expert General De Zhongxu has told that described as the ideal uh, novel bioweapon using coronavirus and aid, the best way is to guarantee aid well adapted in the environment even can be everlasting and targets a population no matter what species you know animal or humans they want how to achieve it then 
they need to find some environment which is 100% identical at the enemy's target area to do the trial. See what it means? Let me translate into the word people can understand. It means only do the experiment in the lab doesn't work. You want to target human? You want to make this virus the novel bioweapon using the coronavirus staying around in your enemy's field? Then you have to test it in a real environment using human. And of course, China government, Communist Party, never care about human lives. That's why for them, they thought they can do the small scale of the trial using Chinese people in Wuhan in the neighborhood. Oh, God. But why it become outbreak in Wuhan? It's because they have done the game function and not only one. I always telling people not only one during clinic site as game function. There are so many game function things are put into the bad coronavirus. Since the coronavirus was obtained by People's Liberation Army, and these functions all had their, you know, different teams expertise, which they learned from different lethal virus, including uh, dengue, Ebola, high pathogen, even flu, uh, and even other virus. And when they put it all in, because it's biology, so there are also some random results come out. You know that, Peter, right? Yeah. They can control the bio biology. So when they finish all this kind of equipment and deliver this virus back to Wuhan, this virus become highly transmissible. And this is something they ignored. Because those CCP scientists, they never really care about the knowledge. They only care about their reputation, money, improvement, all these things. So they feel they finish their part. Each team finished their own part. But none of them think about the random result, especially the transmissibility. And they are also not the expert in this field. And I am the first one to tell people that this is a reckless part because they didn't use the right animal model before they release it. So, why it is? It is because... Take a minute. Is that on your end? Let me see. I'm not familiar with this system. Well, it's not ringing anymore. Yeah, but let, let's try. Let's try. Sounds like a cell phone. Um, uh, it is a Skype. It should be a Skype. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, let's continue. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, why? I really don't quite understand what happened. So, uh, let me check for one minute. Yeah, shall we continue? Yes. Okay, they are not the expert in transmissibility too. And I'm the first one raise it out in my report that they didn't use the proper animal model before they threw it to the neighborhood. And the proper animal model Actually, uh, it's a hamster. So I'm the one published the hamster model 
as a co-first author uh, in the Nature magazine uh, in May 2020. So that means before that, you know, they will use a human ACE2 mouse and they may yeah. even test a monkey, but they ignore the transmissibility. So never the, uh, neither the right animal model or the right purpose to test it. That's why when they release it, they thought it's under the control. Remember at that time, CCP always tell the world, it's under the control. This outbreak is nothing you need to worry. No human-to-human -human transmission, right? But turns out that it is highly transmissible and China government's reckless performance in the neighborhood caused the pandemic, the outbreak beginning from Wuhan. But of course, later on, China deliberately spread it all over the world because they have developed this and they say it is so uh, destructive in Wuhan. So that is uh, when, they, uh, when they say that the whole world realized China is lying, they just release it all over the world. They lock down Wuhan and then they let all the flies going yeah. around the world together with misinformation to postpone the other government's response to this and finally make it become the pandemic. So let, let me kind of summarize it again and make sure I've got it straight, because this is new learning for me, the details. So China <clears throat> releases it purposely among its own people. <clears throat> Excuse me. China releases it purposely, not realizing, because the, the mouse this Frankenstein mouse that has the human receptor in its lungs and that they're giving the, uh, they're testing it on, not realizing it's going to be more transmittable than it was. And so it begins to spread quicker than they think. And instead of using all their ability to stop it, they decide to just take advantage of it then and there. Is that, am I summarizing properly? Yes, it takes the advantage based on their reckless performance in China during the trial. Yeah. <clears throat> but it is, they deliberately bring it out of the lab. So this is intentionally, it yeah. is not accident. That's very, very clear. Um, oh my gosh, we, we're, we're getting um, near, near to the finishing up. Sorry, I didn't have much time today, but we definitely can do it next week. Yes, good. We'll go. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have a series that that we will do with you. Um, right now, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for <clears throat> sharing all these details and having the patience to go through them. I feel we've done a, a very complete job on the segment that we've addressed. Um, you'll be able to pick up and do uh, talk more about it, do more information on it um, in the future. Are there any uh, th thoughts you want to leave us with uh, as we finish up? Oh, thank you, Peter. And actually, I want to say that there are many evidence and details I can tell later to people. And mm. some of them are already provided in the three-year reports or gradually uh, I had posted it on my Twitter but more evidence I will release from the Yen report, the next, uh, the false report later, mm -hmm. also in other media. Um, I mean, when we talk about these things, 
there are a lot of part people need to uh, understand. It doesn't mean uh, people are not smart enough to understand it. It just has oh, yeah. the, you know, intransparency and also misinformation yep. in the field. And I have a last question. One I minute. Do you think that the SARS-CoV-1 that produced the <clears throat> worldwide small epidemic, relatively about 8,000 people, killed 10% of the people it infected. Uh, it was released late 2002. This is for the audience. And, um, and grew during 2003 and was controlled in 2004. We never had any cases originate in the U.S. SARS-CoV-1, I've really looked at it, and um, I can't find any evidence that came out of nature. We've never found a SARS-CoV in nature. Do you think SARS-CoV-1 was lab created? Uh, Peter, uh, I actually was in Guangzhou when the SARS-CoV-1 happened in 2003. <laughs> it was the country, uh, the, the city, it got uh, outbreak started, right? And I was the fresh student in the university at that time. So, sorry, I cannot provide evidence as in the SARS-CoV-2 to prove that it is from the lab or from the nature. But let me tell you some other facts. I mean, SARS-CoV-1 was claimed from the uh, civet cat in Guangzhou, some wild animal market. And this was the uh, yep, first true. time identified by the professors in the University of Hong Kong, which are my later colleagues when I was in Hong Kong. So I know many details from these doctors, these uh, scientists. And I know at that time, why do they find it from civet cat? Because Dr. Guan Yi came from Hong Kong back to Guangzhou to find the animal sample, which would be, um, they assume may be positive. Um, uh, of the SARS-CoV-1 uh, SARS and China government give him like 10 to 15 samples from civet cat from one uh, market and then very luckily just from these samples half of them more than half of them are positive to SARS-CoV-1 somehow later on there is no study even until now to prove that SARS-CoV-1 exists in the live civet cats. No one uh, after mm -hmm. that has uh, detected it from the civet cat even. So whether it's really from the civet cat, even they cannot confirm it now, but because no one care about SARS-CoV-1 more. So this is something definitely, if people want to look for it, you need to look details and hopefully we can find more evidence. And also remember the People's Liberation Army's document in 2015, which I just mentioned about unrestricted bioweapon using coronavirus. That general wrote this book that they learned the experience from SARS-CoV-1. Why? Because he thinks that SARS-CoV-1 is from the lab. And he blame it to America. Could oh boy! So way back, there's a chance at least, and we'll go on with this. I'd like to talk with you also, uh, um, you know, off the air about it. 
<clears throat> there is a chance that my conjecture that SARS-CoV-1 was also a lab and that it's never been in nature is possible. There is, of course, this kind of possibility, and it seems the military scientists in CCP even more assured about, uh, I mean, more certain, uh, more certain uh, about this. They know more than us, and remember, they blame it from America at this time. Yeah. Uh, but why SARS-CoV-1 only happened in China? And why at that time is China government claimed that uh, they found civic cat, they control it, and it's the China government cover it up in the beginning and punish the doctor, which are the whistleblowers, the same as happened in South Korea right? So I think the common sense and logic can help people to understand more whether that is from China or from America. But if it's from China, why the scientists all claim it from America? And why do they claim it in the scientific immunity that is from the nature, but in the People's Liberation Army's document, they would tell people that it is from the lab. So these are all the things we really need to think okay. about. We have to finish so I can fit it into the radio time slot on prn.fm. And uh, this will also go up on Bright Heon. Thank you so much, Li Ming Yan. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Yan, for just being in the world and for being on our show. Thank you. Hope to talk to you later. We will.